Hi, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial, and today I want to talk about how you can get involved in next year's Kentucky Derby with your retirement accounts. So, in the 2018 Kentucky Derby, which occurs on the first Saturday in May, Justify, who was the favorite, won the Kentucky Derby. And he was actually purchased for $500,000 at the 2016 Keeneland uh, September yearling sale. And is now obviously worth many millions uh, because of its victory. Um, so there's been a lot of interest uh, over the years I've been involved in the self-direct IRA industry about using retirement money to invest in horse races and or horses for that matter. And um, I'm here to talk about kind of the legality of it and what some of my investors have done uh, to take advantage of uh, the re- their retirement accounts and how they could hopefully uh, uh, successfully invest in, in something they, they enjoy and something that hopefully can be profitable. Number one, horse racing is extremely risky. <laughs> so they say uh, if you can't afford to lose your money, uh, don't get involved in horse racing. It's kind of like owning a boat. Uh, if you have to ask how much it costs to upkeep it, uh, you probably can't afford it. So just be weary of that. Uh, even if you're putting in a little bit of money, uh, pooling your money with other investors, uh, it's very risky to actually hit a home run and generate a asset that could be sold um, through breeding or actually just selling the, the rights to the horse for uh, significant amounts of money. But it's possible. It could be done. And we see the popularity of uh, the Kentucky Derby. There's over 155,000 people watching it. Uh, generally, the, just for people who don't know, Kentucky Derby is considered the most exciting two minutes in sports uh, to race, which only three-year-olds or horses are eligible. Um, and it's a very large field. This year, there were 20 horses. Uh, it's very exciting. And there's a lot of money. Uh, so horse breeding is actually a $39 billion business. People don't realize that. It's huge, huge money in it. It's obviously very expensive to get into horse racing or horse jumping. My, my wife was actually involved as a child, and my father-in-law always told me it was the most expensive thing he ever invested in. And it really wasn't an investment because they always promised him he'd get his money back when he sold the horse, and he obviously never did. In fact, he ended up uh, donating the horse to, to charity for children. Um, because he couldn't get much money for uh, the horse after my wife uh, finished jumping. So obviously, again, it's very risky, um, but just so you have a background in horse racing. After breeding and pregnancy, the foal, which is a horse under the age of one, uh, has to be at least two and a half years old before it can potentially get started on a racetrack. There's approximately 21,000 foals born in the U.S. and Canada every year, and obviously the foals with the good genetics get sold for a lot of money. Uh, it's again very expensive and risky, but let's now get to taxation. So generally, if you buy and sell a horse um, passively, um, you you have to decide whether you're a hobby or a business. Okay, if it's a hobby, with most people fall into that category, uh, you're not going to be able to get a deduction for any of the expenses associated with a horse racing or, or horse breeding. Um, generally. The IRS enacted a safe harbor provision which states that any business set up for breeding, training, showing, or racing of horses which has net which shows net taxable income in two of the seven years is not a hobby, it's a business. So that because people were, were getting aggressive on their tax returns, they'd have a horse for fun and they would argue it's a business, set up an LLC, put the horse in it, and then start taking deductions for travel and, and food and upkeep of the horse. And the IRS basically said, listen, if you can't show any profit in two of the seven years, it's not a business, it's a hobby. Um, and especially if you're not doing any breeding, training, showing, uh, you just have the horse uh, to, to use leisurely. It's, it's not a business. You can't get a deduction. Now, if you do sell the horse, it's a capital asset. You could get capital gains. If you hold it more than 12 months, long-term capital gains. So when it comes to retirement accounts, um, before we decide whether investment 
can be made, we have to look at sections 408 and 4975 to see if it's a prohibited transaction. So in general, under 408, there's life insurance in the case of an IRA and collectibles uh, for an IRA and 401k are not permitted investments. So collectibles is generally defined as art, uh, rugs, antiques, metals, gems, stamps, coins, alcoholic beverages, or any other tangible personal property specified by the secretary. As far as I know, horse, horse is a living animal. It's not a collectible. Uh, a horse statue or a painting of a horse would be, but a living horse, I've never seen it defined as a collectible. Um, so I think you're pretty safe buying the horse. Uh, so now you have to look at 4975 to see what you can and cannot do. Clearly, you can't use the horse for leisure if you own it in a retirement account because that would trigger a prohibited uh, transaction because you cannot personally benefit from any asset owned by your IRA. So same with you or your lineal descendants, parents, children, spouse, daughter-in-law, son-in-law cannot enjoy it. You can't ride it. You can't um, – do anything that benefits yourself with respect to the horse. So when I, most of my investors that have invested in horse racing have invested with other syndicate investors and have invested in horses that have the potential to be sold for lots of money, whether it's running the Kentucky Derby or other um, horse races around the country or even the world. And, that, and that's the play. It's investing a little bit of money in their retirement account and generating hopefully a big windfall at the end of the day. If you buy it in a Roth IRA, there's no tax ever on the gains if you're over 59 and a half and the Roth has been open five years. If it's a traditional IRA pre-tax, you would have to pay tax after 59 and a half. But it's obviously an investment that you have to understand the risk involved. You have to know the industry. You have to, to be probably very aware of, of what's happening uh, f from a breeding perspective to know what you're buying. So that's why a lot of my investors that have invested in horse races have done it in groups where there's usually one lead person that's not related to them that has a very substantial amount of experience in the horse industry and will set up a syndicate and then people will put in money. And you've seen it over the last many, many, many years, whether it's the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont uh, or other races where there's winners where you see you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 people come to the winner's circle because they've all put in a little bit of money. Some of those people have potentially put in IRA or 401k money. It is legal. A horse, a living horse is not a collectible. Um, so it's something that you technically can do. And, and who knows, maybe if you do, you, you will be standing at that podium in the Kentucky Derby in, in the next several years. But um, it's obviously quite risky because there's only one winner. And even if you don't, even if you show, that's great. But not all these horses uh, actually end up being worth a lot when you breed them. Um, whether it's injury or just lack of performance. So you, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know the, the horse industry, whether you're going to be doing breeding, showing, jumping, whatever it is, racing. You really got to know what you're doing to just throw X amount of dollars into a horse without knowing anything is probably not super intelligent. And you probably can do better just investing in other assets like stocks uh, or even real estate. So just be weary. Uh, it's somewhat risky. But if you are investing in a pool with the syndicate, just make sure you're not using the horse for personal benefit. Um, if it is a business, one thing you may need to think about is UBIT, unrelated business taxable income. If the horse uh, breeding business is through an LLC or racing business, uh, the income that, that passes through to the IRA or 401k could be subject to UBTI tax. Unrelated business taxable income, which can be as high as 37%. 
there's ways to minimize it, but just be cautious of that um, because uh, you wouldn't want to hit a home run and then be stuck with the 37% tax on your Roth IRA or IRA. Um, if it's a C corporation, you can block it, 21% tax. If it's not considered a business, which it probably would be if you're investing in, in, in a horse racing uh, you know, entity, but it could not be. depends on, on its activities. Um, maybe you can just get tax-free gains. But that's something you obviously need to talk to an advisor about to just or the syndicate to see what the actual characterization of the income will be. Um, this is Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Um, I hope you found the podcast helpful. Um, again, be cautious. Uh, it's exciting horse racing, but also very risky and very expensive. So be careful. Uh, but you s- certainly uh, seemingly can use your IRA or 401k to buy a horse for whether it's investment breeding racing. You just can't use it or your lineal descendants can't use it personally. Uh, Adam Bergman, IRA Financial. Uh, follow us at IRAFG on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, and LinkedIn. You can email me at Adam B at IRA Financial Group. And uh, again, thanks for listening and until next time.